0: This time on Holy Ghost Notes. That's the mecca of fun. I can't play that. Keep up with the ball. You look more like your baby than your baby looks like you. (laughs) What's up, what's up,
1: what's up? This is Tim and Matt, and you're listening to the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. How you doing, Matt?
0: yes sir i'm doing well i'm doing well now that we have some of the stuff worked out yeah um it's been a whirlwind as um (laughs) some of you know as some of you know the abr camp was hit by covid Mm -hmm. and i'm really proud of our team for handling things the way that they have um it's just it's the wild wild west right now you know um if you're on tour as a band, or if you are attending a rock show or a live concert, uh, you know that there's, there's some level of risk involved. And Mm -hmm. of course we know that is the case, but, um, when it hits your camp, it's, it's tough and you have to roll with it and figure out on the fly how you're going to get back on track. So that's, that's really what, what happened. I mean, we, we were hoping for the best, um, tried to be prepared for the worst. We got derailed, had a bunch of COVID hit our camp, and we had to figure out how to handle it. Um, so we rescheduled a bunch of our our tour. Uh, in the end it was we canceled uh, Minneapolis, which we were so bummed about um, and then yeah. we we rescheduled Dallas, um, Houston, San Antonio, Tempe, Anaheim and Los Angeles at the Belasco. Okay. And um, the hope is that we play at a festival in Sacramento on Saturday. Um, yeah. and and everybody's on the mend. Everybody's doing pretty well, actually. So That's most good. importantly, you know, the health and safety of everyone is is in a pretty good place. That's great. Uh, so thank thank you to those who have been ho- uh, you know hoping and praying for us and with us. We really appreciate the support and we we appreciate people being understanding of the situation, you know. Yeah. Obviously we didn't set the stage and dial in the lights only to figure out, oh well, you know what? We could do the show, but forget about the fans. Let's tear it all down. Like that's mm. obviously not <laughs> not our goal and not our heart. And yeah. it sounds crazy when you lay it out like that, but I mean that's um that is that is what some people think, unfortunately, and um, yeah, I just want to applaud those that are that are positive and praying for us and supporting us. So, thank yeah. you, first and foremost, thank you. Part of the reason that this episode has been a bear to get together is i I don't have what I usually have to record an episode, and you only realize how much stuff you need when you have to like pull it all together. That's right, and record something. So, <laughs> yeah. Tim, I put Tim through a uh, living hell last time and recorded into QuickTime because, once again, I don't have everything I need yet, and he had to like deal with Pro Tools. <laughs> what you it shut down fifty or so times, like yeah, you must have been just punching holes in the wall.
1: If I had any hair left, I would have been pulling it out. But <laughs> I, was about, I was about
0: to, I was about to go there. But um, you know, you, I mean, you look good. You, you yeah, you look good with a a shave. Thank you head. So does Jake. So does Dustin. Like yeah. seems like everybody I know that, um, does not have a full head of hair looks very good <laughs> yeah. without it. I put so. out, I put out a tweet the
1: other day. It was like, uh, thank God that being bald and bearded is in style right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't really have a choice in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> it really is not style. So like to that point, I'm pretty much done talking about the the ban and COVID stuff, if that's cool. So that that, <laughs> that's that let's just go to something more, um, you know, I guess off the cuff. But yeah, you've probably been talking you, a lot about it, so yeah, <laughs> you don't have to talk about it here anymore. and there, here and there. Yeah. Um, would you ever shave off your beard and and just have eyebrow hair? <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's what we're talking about. Like, I would. Uh, I have okay. before. I used to. Um, I just,
1: I grow hair so fast. Um, like it's actually, it's actually annoying just to keep up with the bald because like parts of (laughs) my head still grow, grows hair, you know, but I have to shave it to kind of keep it all like bald, uh, mostly bald. And, uh, the beard kind of like evens it out a little bit. I used to like hold to this, uh, this thing where like my beard couldn't be any longer than my hair. So mm-hmm. that was kind of like the setting. And then with no
0: hair, it's like, well, you can do whatever you want with the beard because that's all you got. Um, right, right. Yeah, you can do like the Pennsylvania goatee, I call it, or the Lancaster yeah. County goatee where it's like the mustache that goes down into <laughs> yeah. the goatee. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I for, for a while, I was never really
1: able to pull off facial hair, Um I was pretty much clean shaven, sometimes had like the chin stubble. At one point I, remember I tried that. to do like the the Amish uh like like helmet strap. I don't know what they call it, but like like right along the the jawline, mm-hmm. you know. I, did I remember that, for that a while. too. Didn't really work. Um, that
0: was not a great phase for you, I will say. I mean, not, we've all been through <laughs> through rough phases. I will say that that ranks near the top of your like you probably look back and you're like,
1: "Ah." Yeah. It's not as bad as the dreadlocks when I was like 12, um, but it is up there for sure. I'll never do that that uh, yeah that helmet strap thing again. Um, the beard so far has fit me the best. It's, uh, it's gotten me the most compliments, I will say. Um, yeah, I was clean shaven when my first son was born, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was just too much—I looked too much like him. Like I looked like a baby, you know, and, and so I kind of felt like I had to grow, (laughs) grow the beard out okay, uh, a little bit at least.
0: So were you uh, like insecure about that? Like, like if you were at the grocery store, you were afraid that people would be like, oh my gosh, you look, you look more like your baby than your baby looks like you. (laughs) I I can't say I
1: was insecure. I actually caught it. I kind of thought it was funny. Um, because uh, like at the point that my son was born, uh, face swap was like really big. And so uh-huh. it would actually be quite fun doing the face swap where it would put my face on his and his face on mine. Right. And, uh, and not much would change, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I, it was pretty much just a big baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, the only thing, I was insecure about the bald at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Like when I first started losing my hair, I felt like I was losing a little bit of my confidence. And then, uh, yeah, I just embraced it, you know. Uh, it's like it doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, and honestly, I probably needed to be humbled. And in fact, that was what I was praying for, to be completely honest. Uh, a friend of mine told me that one of the most dangerous prayers you could pray is humble me, Lord. And, uh, and I prayed it and I lost my hair. So don't pray that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You, so, so you think they're connected? You think the I'm two not, are connected? I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not blaming God. That's. It's more. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I mean, maybe. I'm just saying. Maybe. I, hey, I mean, hey, I. I. It took me to uh, to a better place. I will say. It's, In it's, the end. Know, um. I mean, thankfully, I had already scored my wife. You know. Um. <laughs> I have kids. Uh, you know. I'm okay now. I don't need the hair to impress anybody. Right. That's funny. <laughs> um, but uh, I actually think it's helped me in the long run, like, with my job position and stuff, like, interfacing with high-level clients, CEOs of companies and stuff. There's a sense of um, respect that comes with um, having no hair as opposed to, like, I had a big curly mop top. You know, I remember and, that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then after that, I had, like, a mohawk. I actually, yeah. my wedding photos, I have a mohawk in. Um and I don't know how much respect I would have really been given walking into a high level marketing meeting with a mohawk. Yeah, <laughs> so, not, not um, much. You know, so, <laughs> not, so the bald, I think, has helped me in, in many ways um, and probably not a decision I would have made uh, if I actually could grow hair. But it's actually sure. the easiest and, and nicest. Like, I love ha- having a shaved head. Like, I don't really have to do anything other than just keep up with shaving it. It's. Um, sure. It's very little work. Save a lot of money on on hair care, and
0: uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's anyway. amazing how much time yeah. we we spend thinking about ourselves and how we look. I mean, I look back on my my teenage years and even my twenties. Like I had a flat iron. I would flat iron yeah, yeah. my long hair oh, me too.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: remember thinking about like you know which stores were selling jeans that. Um, <laughs> Well, at that time, it was like just girl jeans because yeah, men's jeans beans. were baggy. Before right. men's jeans became um, skinny or slim fit or whatever, but it's it's just crazy how much time you think about um, how you look, you know, That's right. and you base your life on how you look, and mm-hmm. you know, all of us do it at, at some point in our lives, and other, and others, others um, don't aren't as concerned because, well, for a variety of reasons, but uh, in my opinion, the more your job and your lifestyle um, has to do with how you look or your relationships are dependent on on your looks, the more you're going to be concerned about it. And the more you're concerned about it, the more you're looking at, at yourself in the mirror and the more you look at yourself mm-hmm. in the your mirror and, you know, the more you don't like. And it's just this, this cycle of... Uh, I don't like how I look because I look at myself in the mirror a lot. And I look at myself yeah. in the mirror a lot because I don't like how I look. And yeah. it's it's really sad because, you know, you, you you hear people talk about how they, you know, they'll have work done um, to the way they look. And I've heard people talk about how they regret, like, ever having that done. And they wish mm-hmm. they could just go back to the way that God made them. Yeah. In other words, I mean, that's not not as... As upfront as that, um, that's obviously a a shortened version. But the sentiment that you get is, man, I just wish I would have been content with the way I looked and didn't Mm -hmm. do all of this to correct something that was okay. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, this is a deeper issue for all of us. And as a teenager, you're just trying to figure it out. Like you you have no idea who you are. You have no idea how you want to look. And it's embarrassing to look back. At my my teenage pictures when I was starting the band and be like, man, what my parents must have been mortified. Like, what what is my son thinking? Where will he end up? You were nowhere near as bad as some of the people I knew. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I mean, we all kind of probably
1: some of the people you toured with too,
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. But in comparison with like my siblings, you know. Mm who were on the straight and narrow and yeah. they, you know, they looked the part. It was like, oh boy, we got a black sheep on our hands here. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the second born <laughs> yeah. Yeah. drummer to death metal band. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's funny. Yeah. It, it is. It is crazy how much time we waste on, on how we look and how it really can, you know, just, uh, like, control how we act towards people oh, yeah. and and um, I affect think you your can miss mood? out on yeah affect your mood you can miss out on opportunities just because like like how weird is it that you could lack confidence in something that you do that has completely like no relation to how you look right and you could lack confidence or do it worse because you're not confident in yourself just simply because of how you look and right like, and and in reality, like you're your biggest critic, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're the one that's you, you like, if if you think you look like a cow, you probably don't look like a cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you th- mm-hmm. like, I, you know, if I think I look like a baby, uh, probably don't look <laughs> like a baby. You know, it's uh, you know, it's it's just like you're, you're Although your worst you might. critic.
0: You, you, might, might. you might, look like a you baby. might, yeah. you might too, especially if Space you think you look would, like a baby. would
1: disagree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's something to think about. Cause I mean, I still find myself, uh, you know, slipping into, uh, vanity is really what it is. You know, it's, it's, yeah. um, caring so much about how you look, um, that, uh, that you forget other things that are more important. Um, not that you shouldn't, you know, take care of yourself and, You know, take showers and shave and clean up and dress the way that you like to dress. I mean, there's a portion of our identity that comes with, uh, you know, what makes us comfortable, you know, the clothing that we like to wear, not just comfort level clothes like sweatpants and stuff, but how we feel comfortable going out and presenting ourselves, you know, that's important. It's just uh, there's a fine line between like caring too much about it and caring enough about it to... To, to not be a slob. <laughs> be
0: yeah. Much, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm more so speaking to like the, the insecurity uh, yeah. aspect of it, I think. Right. I mean, at least for my, myself, that's where it, it would have come from. I'm insecure yeah. about something and somehow human nature says, don't let other people see that thing about you. If they right. see it, they won't like you anymore. And so you, yeah. you live your life trying to hide this thing or aspect that, that yeah, mm-hmm. that you are in hopes that no one sees it, um, which is a, a hard battle to fight because then you're constantly having to wear this mask and live up to this person that you're not. Yeah, You know? that's a really good point. And, and so like you can come to terms with the fact that you look a certain way and you can deal with that insecurity and then you can just be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a lot easier <laughs> as it turns yeah, out. You'll be a much happier person <laughs> in
1: the long run. If yeah. You take that approach, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's that's hard to figure out as a kid, but it's yeah, funny talking yeah. about like, you know, your phases and my phases. I'm sure if you're listening to this, um, you know, you're imperfect too. Okay. That's it's right, not right, just yeah. Tim and I, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. hoping Stop uh, we can all agree on geez. that. <laughs> and you've been through some cringy, some cringy phases. I mean, maybe sure. Tim and I have have been more extreme in that. But either way, here we us. are. I might try to find the most cringy photo of myself,
1: and I'll make that the uh, the cover of this episode.
0: <laughs> I like that. As long as it doesn't include maybe me. I'll, yeah, I was gonna say maybe I'll try <laughs> to find one of you too. <laughs> yeah, like you and I together. at I don't know a meeting ten years ago. Brick by brick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I actually just saw that like <laughs> screenshot the other day. It came up on my feed. It yep. pretty, yeah, it's pretty cringy. <laughs> uh,
0: that was pretty uh. cringy. Well, there you go. That there, there. Well, text me first. Make sure I'm okay with yeah, posting it. Yeah, it's back
1: in 2010, I think. Right. Yeah. Oh man. So uh, yeah. So we don't have a lot of time today, unfortunately. Um, we said it in the inner circle pre-roll, but my entire family is sick, and and. uh you know there's just there's a lot going on and we had a lot of technical issues trying to get to this point so um, we're going to be keeping our topics relatively short today probably keeping them to about 15 minutes a piece but uh, we are excited so today we're going to be going through um, simple drumming versus complicated drumming as our drum topic and then our faith topic is uh, being a good steward Um,
0: so uh, okay why don't we so how about we jump right in yeah how yeah. about you take the uh, drumming topic and I'll cut you off at seven and you know seven minutes yeah. and i'll I'll take the second half <laughs> <That's good. laughs> we never um, work like that but let's, yeah, let's yeah. see if we can That's, pull that off it. all right, It's very all right. methodical yeah.
1: <laughs> so so I was thinking about something the other day um you know as a drummer, I get impressed by other drummers um you know when I'm listening to uh different albums um there's there's different elements that get me going and and i don't think you can group every single type of drumming into simply simple or complicated usually there's a lot of you know overlap um but uh but i noticed something about myself and that's just that um there's certain things that i really appreciate because it's hard to play um not necessarily because it's cool or sounds cool it's just because it's hard to play and i appreciate it knowing that i can't do that um and so usually what happens after that is I listen to it and listen to it and listen to it and try to figure out how to do that. And then once I do it, it's not quite as cool <laughs> because it's like now I know how to do it, you know? Okay, sure. Um, but, uh, but either way, I, I think there's a lot to be appreciated about complicated drumming, you know, um, busy, crazy drumming. Um, usually it ends up being in metal. Um, usually it ends up uh, being drum solos, Um you know, you have guys like, you know, Tony Royster Jr. who does just insane drumming. Um, and I would go as far to say that, like, if you were to drop a, a drum solo over a pop song that he does, it probably wouldn't be very tasteful. But if you mm-hmm. separate the two, it's still, you know, like it's really impressive because mm-hmm. what he's doing is crazy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't play it in the studio over the pop artist song, but he would solo. Uh, with metal, the drums are actually what drives the song in many cases it's what really Mm -hmm. gets you going it's what uh um makes the show so insane um it's like the force behind it um so you need that complicated drumming then i was thinking so the the, what actually brought this whole thing on is i was listening to lincoln park um i'm a big Mm -hmm. lincoln park fan for those of you that don't know um i always have been and uh i've never really been that big of a fan of their drummer And the reason why was because it was too simple. But I was listening to it in a different way um, recently and just really appreciating him as a drummer. And it was so simple. I could definitely sit down and play it. Mm -hmm. But I watched some live videos. Um, Linkin Park, if you don't know, um, they are, I guess, a new metal. New metal would probably be the... Style they would fall under if you were just going to choose one, Um, Mm -hmm. but they have a lot of uh, electronic parts. They have a lot of backing tracks. They have a lot of uh, synth and drum machine parts that play along with their live show. Um, And Rob, I mean, if you've ever played to a click, if you've ever played to any type of digital instrument, um, you know that if you play off beat, it shows. It sounds wonky. If you hit a snare off time when there's 16th note you know whatever playing behind it it's gonna sound weird you're gonna it's mm-hmm. clear that you messed up so i was watching lincoln park live and uh rob was playing flawlessly had i not known any better i would have thought that it was a corrected drum part that was perfectly on beat like a machine um and, and some of you might be thinking, oh, well, it was a simple part. Of course you could play on beat. But that's not the case. I don't know if you've ever sat down to play some of Linkin Park's beats. Yes, mm-hmm. the beats themselves are easy to play, but play it to the backing tracks now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you play as tight as Rob? Right. Um, and I brought I had this whole new appreciation for Rob Borden. Um, just uh, how he writes as well. Like, yeah. the drum parts that he writes are perfect for the songs. Like... They might be simple, sure, um, but had you played a more complicated part over that, it would have actually taken away from the song. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this a little bit um, in you know being sensitive um, to what you're playing and, and being tasteful, um, but this is actually, like uh, I think, a different topic entirely, just simple drumming versus complicated drumming. Yeah. Um, and if I were to break down who I am as a drummer, I actually fall more so on the simple drumming spectrum of things Um, than the complicated drumming. Sure, sometimes there's those pop-punk beats that could sound pretty complicated, but all in all, when you compare it to the most complicated drumming parts, (laughs) it's much more towards the most simple, uh, Mm -hmm. rudimentary uh, drumming parts. So I was just thinking about this the other day and thought it was interesting. Um, And as a drummer, I know that just uh, being able to appreciate both sides uh, for what they are and being able to learn from both sides... Um, is really important. So um, Mm -hmm. that's what got me thinking about this topic. I'll I'll leave it open to you.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. For me, I think of double bass, and um, I remember years ago, I realized that if you don't know what to play in a metal part, just play double bass. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Just fill the space with double bass. Um. Because it works, it's not going to sound bad in most metal parts over most metal riffs. Yeah, it's at least appropriate, you know, in some capacity. It's much harder to write something that doesn't fill the space but still works. Uh-huh. And um, so, take away the double bass pedal. Now you have a single pedal, and you're having to figure out: all right, what am I going to play under this part that works? Um, but also makes the music feel complete, right? And whole yeah. and powerful and, and and helps the song along. It's It's usually more difficult to write a simple groove than it is a complicated one, just like it's usually easier to play something fast than it is to play something slow. Just like it's usually easier to play eighth notes or sixteenth notes and stay on tempo than it is to play quarter notes or half notes, because space is hard to work with. Uh-huh. Um, and I think to your point, like something I think we should talk about is when you hear Rob playing a groove and you say, boy, I could play that, That's that might be true, but could you have, would you have made the decision he did when he wrote that drum part to use that specific groove? That's a mm-hmm. whole other thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's easy to like hear a Coldplay song and hear da 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 and say, okay, sure, I can play that. But it's a whole other thing to say, okay, as the drummer, that's what I would have selected. That's the decision I would have landed on. Yeah. It's so interesting to see, like, the top indie drummers or the top rock drummers or the top metal drummers make the the kinds of decisions that they do. And usually the non-drummer goes, oh, my gosh, the faster, the harder. The faster it is, the harder it is to play, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, And And what, what a lot of people don't realize is try to write a drum groove or a drum beat over a, a simple pop or rock song um, that is appropriate. Uh-huh. And also right. then creative. So like Rob's creative drummer. Uh-huh. Like I can think about a Linkin Park song and be like, I know what the groove is over that instead of just it being forgettable. Uh-huh. Like he has a sound, right? That's right, yeah. and And like you were saying about the backing tracks, there's such a thing as being on and there's such a thing as being on like there's there's a a difference (laughs)
1: yeah
0: right you know you hit that snare drum and you're just slightly behind the click it's gonna flam with whatever it is that's perfect which is the backing track that's right but -hmm. if you're like spot on it sounds sounds tight you know and then other times you want it to kind of flam or like interact with whatever the backing track is so like you can play behind the click you can you know you can push the click um yep so i i've always admired simplicity in drumming um but my my passion my heart is for complicated drumming that's not showy Mm -hmm. not not showy for the sake of being showy at least yeah, like you that's and I right. would probably rather sit down and listen to a drum groove that's, I don't know, mid tempo and something mm-hmm. we could figure out than some of these guys that are playing at like 300 BPM. Right, it's like, yeah. That's s- impressive, but for me personally, it's not musical. Mm-hmm. And I prefer, I think, with a lot of other people, the musical aspect of drumming versus the impressive aspect yeah. of drumming. Right. Though I do appreciate that as well, um, but yeah. ultimately, like that's why metal will never be the biggest genre in the world because yeah, it's People not don't understand it. Yeah, it's it's hard to latch onto. I mean, you got a guy got a guy screaming at you. you yeah, know? why why does he have to scream? I like the music, yeah. but does he really have? I is he saying anything? Are there words? Yeah. You know, it's, yes, yeah. there are. <laughs> there are. Yeah, <laughs> well, then take
1: take people. I mean, like take a band like Nirvana. You know, straight up grunge, um, that was of its day, kind of like the the rebel music, the the metal of its day. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and even that, like the drumming is is pretty simple, but it's iconic. Like if I were to do. Boom! Bang, you know, mm-hmm. you'd know exactly what song I was about to yeah. play, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because Dave Grohl knew exactly what to play at that point in "Smells Like Teen Spirit," you know. Yeah. And uh, if you listen to like the Foo Fighters now too, it's like it, all of the drumming is pretty straightforward, but there's certain things that they throw in that just takes it a step forward. And I know, you know it, it's it makes it special. And yeah, um, you know, and,
0: and it's it's. uh it just it feels you know feels good feels great. It does, it does, and maybe that's the bottom line for this. Like what what feels good mm-hmm. as the drummer? What are you playing that that feels good for what you're playing along to? In ABR, it would be <laughs> it would not feel good for me to play what <laughs> what Rob's playing in Lincoln Park for every single ABR song, obviously. Or what just, Dave Grohl's playing? <laughs> or what Dave Grohl's playing? You know, <laughs> yeah. so you have to know your audience and you have to know. The band in which you're playing for um, but there's yeah. certainly something to appreciate about uh, slower tempos just as much as faster ones and sl- and yeah. you know softer dynamics versus loud ones and yeah quarter notes versus 30 second notes and you know years ago Adam D was recording us from Kill Switch mm-hmm. uh, we were recording Thrill Seeker and at that time we were pretty new and uh, a lot of our music was around like 160. 160 BPM. So we were recording all of the, he was listening to the pre-pro, I think, for it. And he's like, man, it's yeah. like, so much of this is samey. It's very samey. And we're like, what does that mean? <laughs> he's like, just, it sounds the same. It feels the same. Yeah, That's slow down some of the tempos and speed up some of the other ones. That's going to give you an appreciation for that fast part only because of the slow part before it. In other words, yeah. nothing's fast if everything's fast. Some variation, yeah. Yeah, I was like, man, that's true. So we like slowed down the part in Wishful of Dreams to like 150 or 40 and then sped the next part up to like 190. I'm like, I can't play that. (laughs) 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 Beat Detective, please. That's funny.
1: I I think in, in wrapping up this thought or this topic, if you can call it that. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, one thing I would challenge you all to do is, is go and listen to something that you might not normally listen to. Um, I assume yeah, a lot true. of you are either worship drummers and listen to a lot of worship music um, and or uh, metal drummers or listen to a lot of metal music. Um, so find something that you wouldn't normally listen to and um, really listen, study the drumming. Um, even if you don't appreciate it right away, you know, give it some time. And, and uh, I mean, the best thing I can say that I've done for my drumming really, uh, you know, aside from just the, the general practice and, and, you know, learn, is uh, listen to all types of music. You know, pull things that I like from all different types of music because that's really—having um, that eclectic um, taste is, is important for, for knowing how to play
0: the right thing at the right time. Mm-hmm. So— Absolutely. That's good advice. Yeah, It'd be interesting to know how much of our audience um, is, if you're a drummer and you're listening to this, if you're a worship drummer or if you're a metal drummer, or if we have a lot of other mm-hmm. um, types types of genres thrown in there too. Um, but I think you're probably right about that. It's like a lot of metal because of ABR, and then yeah. maybe some worship and church drummers because of the spiritual aspect of this podcast. So if that's mm-hmm. the case, you know... Um, you can do what I've done from time to time. My my girlfriend, um, she likes... We realized recently that we like different kinds of music and we're like, what is it that makes it so different? I said, well, you like singer-songwriters and I like bands. So I like mm-hmm. Death Cab for Cutie and she likes these, these, th- these singers, you know, or these artists, artists who I've yeah. never heard of who are... It's just like their name, you know? Right. Mm-hmm, because she's... Mm-hmm uh, her sister's uh her twin sister's a vocal major. So like mm, she, they're both really good singers. So like go and listen to something like that and see what the drumming yeah. is. It's so different. Uh there's it a band is. called it Kaleo is. that we've been listening to recently that's really good. Check out Kaleo. I think it's K A L E O. Mm, it's cool. awesome. I'll check that out. Very creative drumming and just overall music, so that's awesome. Let's jump right into our faith topic. Uh, our faith topic today is being a good steward, which as we talked about, Tim, um, we've talked about this very little, but just in setting it up, doing everything to the best of our abilities and making good decisions even and especially when nobody is watching. That's right. So um, I'll start this one off. I, I think The first thing that comes to mind for me when I think of being a good steward is when I was a kid, um, my parents definitely felt like this was a priority and drilled this home with me. And I think it's because it's a biblical principle and mandate, and obviously being born and raised in a Christian home, it was important to teach what the Bible teaches, but Mm -hmm. also it's just a good way to, um, I think it's just a good way to parent. I'm not a parent. I, I don't have any kids, but I think just being a kid and knowing that everything that you're doing matters. And that even if you, you feel like, you know, I'm looking at my friends and I'm like, man, they have Dreamcast They have all these, these <laughs> extracurricular things in their, <laughs> you know, their life that I, I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it is just Dreamcast, for me it was like that's the mecca of oh, yeah, fun. That I don't was. have that. I wish I did. And Sonic um 3D. <laughs> yeah, for me it was Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Uh, and too, yeah. Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's easy to compare what you have to what someone else has. Rarely do we compare what we have to people that have less than we have. Mm-hmm. So if you teach your kids or if you learn from an early age, like, all right. I might not have what other people have, but what I have still matters, then it gives you appreciation, a certain level of appreciation for what you do have and you take care of it. Um, If you're always comparing and always always trying to keep up with the Jones and with what people have that you don't, then you might take what you have as just, you know, disposable and replaceable and unimportant and therefore why would you take care of it and why would you uh, treat it as if it matters mm-hmm. and for me speaking from a biblical standpoint it's it's important to use what we have and gr- and grow and nourish um, what what we have that God's given us, because, as the Bible you know outlines over and over again, God will give you more and he will continue to bring things into your life that is then your responsibility to steward mm-hmm. and it might start really small and 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 simple and humble and modest i I grew up in a home where you know we didn't have a lot of money obviously I have seven siblings, so like kids kids are expensive and yeah. we didn't have a lot of money to throw around at stuff so the way i was raised was was with um you know was within our means and like i said it was easy to compare what i had to what other people had but i think my parents knew that if they could teach me to appreciate and be a steward a good steward of what i had now that when i had more um i would appreciate it and I would continue to be a good steward of it, even if I all of a sudden had excess, mm-hmm. which certainly, you know in westernized culture i would I would argue that most of us do. We have more than yeah, we need for sure. Um, certainly, certainly we're all considered we should all consider ourselves pretty fortunate, fairly wealthy, yeah, and fairly comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm just reminded talking about this, it, so many of us are unhappy. I mean, even in the midst of having so much more than we need. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that we don't appreciate what we have, and we're constantly comparing ourselves to what other people have, and therefore we lose this idea of how to be a good steward of what we do have. Mm -hmm. Um, I would argue that some of that is because we just don't appreciate what we have. We don't don't think it it is valuable Mm -hmm. because we're constantly in pursuit of, of more yeah more 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 like that person has more than me if i could only have more if i could have more money if i could be better looking if i could have a better job if i could have a better relationship if i could live in a bigger home you know we're constantly grappling at these things Mm -hmm. without actually stewarding what we do have that's right so as it pertains to drumming you know um We talked about this. I I don't feel like I was born with an exorbitant amount of natural talent, and I had to practice and practice and practice to be able to get to the point that I could play in a competent level with a metal band. Had I looked at drumming as like, "Mm, it's cool, I enjoy it, but I'm not very talented at this naturally, and therefore, you know what? I'm just going to throw it away. I obviously wouldn't be in the position I am with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's testament to me that, you know, if, if you're able to appreciate and steward what you have, then more than likely you'll get more of it, of that thing yeah. that you have. Right. And if you don't, and it falls apart, then you can at least sleep at night knowing that you tried. hmm And That's you right. gave it everything. Now, I think there's a certain level of satisfaction in that. God designed us to work to pour ourselves into our work. He created us with a, a drive to steward what he's, he's gifted us with. And the Bible talks about laziness. You know, don't be like the ants you sluggard. <laughs> it's like ants are workhorses,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're constantly working with a limited size to create something a lot bigger than they are. So then zooming out from the drumming perspective, it's like, what has God given me on a spiritual level? Well, I used to, I used to stutter. I used to have a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. And we look at the Bible and we see people who feel disqualified based on, you know, their handicaps or their inability to do something. And I think God looks at, at our lives and says, hey, if you're willing to work with what you have... I can give you more, yeah. And when you have more, you'll appreciate it and not flaunt it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When I give you more, you won't just throw it away. You won't just use it for your own, you know, benefit and power and dominion over other people.
1: Yeah, that's good. I like that.
0: I think you know. You also noted like making good decisions when no one was watching. It, I think this is a big one that that we um. We don't always do the best job at you know we we do things so that other people notice, mm-hmm. um, and the Bible's clear about like don't let your right hand see what your left hand is doing. In other words, if you're giving in a public place, financially or of your time, and it's so that other people notice you and they recognize you, then you have already gotten the the full acknowledge the, the full acknowledgement and. And reward that's it like hope you enjoyed that acknowledgement i hope you enjoyed that credit that those people just gave you because that's where it's going to stop yeah whereas if you give in private if you serve in private if you pray in private um your reward is is so much deeper and meaningful in the end because it was given from this heart uh from this motive of of I'm doing this because I love God I'm doing this because I love other people not because I need to have credit for what I'm doing right
1: yeah this is like a this is kind of a massive topic <laughs> as you're breaking it down I'm like wow this really uh, yeah kind of works its way into a lot of different facets of life and for sure what, what got me thinking about it originally is I was I was driving. And on this, I I was, uh, I think, on my way to a meeting, and I couldn't get my Bluetooth to work. Um, I wanted to listen to music. I usually listen to music or podcasts or something on my drive, and and I couldn't get my Bluetooth to work. So it was either the radio, which I typically don't listen to, or, you know, I sit in silence. Um, And for me, like, I was just like, all right, well, this is a good opportunity for me to just – talk to God for a little bit. You know, I've got 20 minutes Mm -hmm. in the car and I'm going to make the best of it. So, you know, silent drive, started praying and, um, immediately started asking God for things. And, and I don't know if you ever like get to the point (laughs) where, um, you, you realize what you're doing, like in prayer or otherwise, you know, like you start to realize like, what, like, what am I doing? Like, and then I, I basically got like hit with this, like I was asking God, I was asking God questions. I was asking him for things. I was asking him for his blessing on like this, that, and the other thing. And then I was realizing just like, I was like answering my own questions almost. I was like, well, I can, you know, I, I want this. I want to, for instance, I was praying for my job. Um, I was praying for, for uh, more clients and mm-hmm. more leads and, you know, uh, a bigger salary. And, like, this is what I was asking for. And, uh, and I was like, it, it just struck me that, like, I can be a better steward of what I currently have in, in a number of mm-hmm. different ways. Uh, one way of just, just be thankful for once. Like, like you said, there's always this drive to, to have more, to do more. Uh, like the stage of life I'm in is like, I'm like the housing market is crazy right now. And I'm looking around at bigger houses because my family's growing and, you know, um, so like houses are constantly on my mind, like a bigger house, uh, (laughs) you know, like, um, what do I need to buy a bigger house? I need to make more money. Uh, how do I make more money? I need more, you know, so it's like all these things and it's like, well, let me take a second just to appreciate not just the things I have, but, you know, um, the, like I could be working harder. I could be a better steward of the time that I have throughout the work day to make these things happen. Like I was like thinking like, am I, am I actually living a life? Am I like in my job? Am I working my job? Am I, uh, you know, at home? Like, being, you know, diligent and being a good steward of what I have at my home, being a good steward of my time with my family, you know, am I doing these things to the best of my abilities, especially when no one's looking, um, where that would warrant extra blessing or extra, you know, mm-hmm. Any does, am I, am I ready to level up is basically <laughs> like what I got to in this, mm-hmm. in this realization. Um, and I, I love, this is often what happens. Like I'll be praying and I'll be asking God questions and I realize these things myself, which I guess some might argue is God right. just revealing these things to me. But, um, but I, I, I uh, yeah, I got to this point where I was just like, am I that exactly? Am I, am I at the place where I can level up with any one of these things? Like, am I ready? Uh, am I doing everything that I can to be the best um, in, in mm-hmm. every aspect? And, and, um, and I realized I wasn't. <laughs> I, I acknowledged mm-hmm. a bunch of different areas where I could be um, a better steward of, of my job. I could be a better steward of my house. I could be a better steward of my time, um, and and that just like that brought me on this this idea of um, like this is this is what I need to do right now. Like if if there was a a, a word or a phrase over my life uh, right now, it's be a good steward, um, mm-hmm. and so that's actually why I texted it to you, Matt, because I'm like let's let's talk about this because. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's an important aspect, and like you, it was something I was raised with. It was, you know, always, um, you know, be the best you can, do everything to the best of your abilities for uh, mm-hmm. for the glory of God. That was that was what I was raised hearing, um, and I don't do that necessarily with with everything that I do, and um, and I don't think the motivation behind being a good steward should necessarily be to receive more either. Like, I think, um, like we've talked about worship before and how worship isn't just, you know, going to church and singing some songs on a Sunday morning. Like worship is a, is a lifestyle. It's a, um, you know, it's, it's something that works its way outside of music into what we do with our lives. And, and being a good steward is an act of worship, I believe. I think Doing mm-hmm. everything to the best of your abilities is, um, is an act of worship. You know like especially if, if that's that's your mindset like God, you've given me this and I am going to do everything I can to make the best of it. I'm going to do everything mm-hmm. I can to appreciate this this thing and, and I've constantly find myself even just undervaluing the season that I'm in especially in the hard seasons, you know, like when it's, uh, when, when times feel tough, you know, I, I Mm -hmm. just completely devalue, um, what's happening. And I'm just, I can't wait to get to the next, next phase. And, um, yeah, so I, I'm not really sure I'm still figuring this out myself in life. You know, I'm trying to, to like take notes on my, tendencies as a person um, in, in getting distracted in laziness in my decision making, when I can do one thing and decide to do another. you know, I'm, I'm taking taking notes and, and figuring this out and um, at the same time trying not to be too, uh, religious about it, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's almost the the, the, t- the toughest part is like walking that line before like I don't want to get to the point where I'm so controlling over everything that I do that I get extremely hard on myself if I you know take a break <laughs> or you know like right. that I don't want to get to that point either but um, I do want to be able to to look at what I'm doing and and see am I am I being a good steward of this you know. Um, mm-hmm. am I, am I, uh, doing the best that I can?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, years ago, my dad showed me a picture of him. Um, it was of my, it was one of my relatives. Uh, he's since passed, but he was showing my youngest brother, Caleb, who was, I think around six or seven at the time, how to plant a tree. And, mm-hmm. um, I think on, on the back of the picture, there was a, a quote, it's my, it's my favorite, Quote or proverb. Um, I think it's a Greek proverb. And it says, A society grows great when old men plant trees in whose shade they won't sit. And, uh, you know, I stared at it for a while and I thought, man, that says a lot about living for the next generation and living your life in a way that sets up the future generations. Um, you know, living a life that's, that's selfless mm-hmm. and living a life that's not just for yourself, but for others. And I, I think about simple conservation practices. So my dad used to work for the Lancaster County Conservation District. He worked there for 29 years and he was oftentimes, you know, out hiking with us. We would go on these camping trips and there were times when I would go off of, uh, the, the, uh, the Mark Trail, you know, um, the trail's marked for a reason. You're supposed to stay on the trail. And there were times when I would go off of the trail, you know, into the woods or through through grass that was long and 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 I would make a new trail. And my dad would always, you know, discourage me, like, hey, get back here. Like, don't do that. That's not good. And I and I you know, I always wondered why. Like, what's the problem with that? I'm not going to get lost. It's not unsafe. I'm just exploring. And I later found out it's because those those trails are in place for a reason, so that um, there's not erosion. Because as soon as you wear down another part of the woods or a field, uh, you all of a sudden create a new path for water to flow, which c- can create problems. You know, mm. downstream, you yeah. have you know water that's now finding a new way, and it's carrying soil and sediment with it, and it's it's flowing down into a creek and a river and a lake and into you know, the Chesapeake Bay, and it's causing problems um, downstream, right? And I think this is very metaphorical. It's like Mm. what we do upstream matters to everything downstream. Um, Being a good steward of what we have means thinking about life and people outside of our own person and, you know, next 60 years on this life. Um. It means staying on the trail. It, it means following the marks. It means thinking about the next generation and showing them how to do the right thing and think about the future. I think I think what's what's so upsetting to to so many of us right now, um, with with the pandemic um, and with the political landscape that we just saw unfold and 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 still you know create so much division is that so much of it is about so much of the division and the, and the hatred and the, and the angst has to do with us. It's like me, 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 you know, my independence and what I want in life and what Mm. I believe and what I think should happen. And it's like, I think ultimately, you know, we're all trying to like veer off of this central path and show, show how we think things should be and it's creating all of this you know these problems downstream because we're all just selfish yeah <laughs> you know we all want what we want and that's problematic because other people um someone has to pay for that mm-hmm. downstream you know our our decisions have consequences what we do really does matter and if if you're a parent and you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I want the best for my kids and their kids and their kids, and then you'll then you'll focus and you'll prioritize things that will benefit them, right? Keep them safe. You'll mm-hmm. make decisions that will give them a foundation for their life. And as soon as we lose sight of of that and we really start to create this pretense that like our independence is what matters the most, it's all about me, me, mm-hmm. me, 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 then we start to take away from this idea of civilization the word civilization comes from the word civil which means just you know living in harmony together even though we have our differences uh-huh. stewardship for me really is connected to uh, conser- to good conservation practices <laughs> i and i know a lot of that has to do with the way my dad raised me and and his job for most of his life but i i just can't help but think about the way that we the the way that we we interact with each other and how it corresponds to us taking a walk and you know veering off the path and uh creating this this damage and destruction downstream mm mm-hmm. yeah
1: what, you're, what you said it made me think of, of something. I, I heard this uh, this stat the other day. I'm not sure how true it is, but um, the truth of it isn't really the point that I want to get to. Um, but I, I heard this stat that the um, if you took someone from the 1% of uh, you know top uh, earning individuals mm-hmm. in this in this nation, um, I don't even know how much it would be per year, but millions, if not billions of dollars a year. Um, If they opted out of their income for an entire year, that one year of income would end world hunger. Hmm. And when I first heard that, it got me really mad. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. how selfish, how uh, ignorant are these people who are making so much more than anyone could ever need? And all they would have to do is sacrifice one year's salary and they could live off of what they already have in the bank for that year, you know, or you know, change their lifestyle a little bit or whatever and just donate that that year of salary and end world hunger. <laughs> like that's a mm. huge deal. And it got me mad at first, but that wasn't but then I, I was actually convicted of myself. It's like we all have these things that we can do. Mm. Yeah. And we're not willing to give up because it's about us. You're exactly right. That mm-hmm. we're, we have this, this me, me, mean mentality. We're always trying to uh, increase. We're always trying to grow and get more. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like having drive to be better, to, to, you know, to move up in life, it's not a bad desire. But when it clouds your judgment and ability to, um, to be a good steward of what you have and to um, you know, help those in need, that's mm-hmm. when it becomes an issue and mm-hmm. um and that made that made such an impact like uh, my life recently has just been um uh little tidbits of conviction <laughs> i think where i i react <laughs> to something and then realize oh yeah, that's that's I me. I do that yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, I've been getting slammed with with conviction recently, but uh, you know we've talked about generosity before and and how yeah uh, there's so much joy. Like wh- when I look at anything really that that Christ talks about in the Bible, um, you know traits that we should have. Those traits aren't aren't to uh, to belittle us or to make uh, life harder. They're actually to enhance life, uh, and I could tell mm-hmm. you for a fact, every, you know, whenever I'm generous, whenever I um, give away something that is valuable to me, I feel great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think about that verse, you know, where where you know the young rich ruler who we've talked about before comes to Jesus and asks, you know, how do I get to heaven? And and Jesus responds, you know, sell everything you have you know mm-hmm. it if you read it one way it's like wow well that's that's how you get to heaven jeez like that's that's not very cool but when you think about <laughs> it the other way it's like well if you had no possessions nothing to hold you back nothing that mattered to you then all that would matter is is heaven and heaven is so much mm-hmm. more than any of these things there's nothing holding you back at that point it's it's complete freedom it's you know it's like like, God wants these things for us because they're good for us, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, so generosity, like being a good steward, like when for me, like it's, it is extremely rewarding. Let's just take uh, like plants, for instance. If you're a good steward, if you plant something, you plant a seed and you water that every day and it sprouts and you continue to water it um, and you weed around it and it, and it produces fruit. Like that is so rewarding, like that end result mm-hmm. is so rewarding, and yeah, it took some hard work and effort and uh, attention and care to get it there, but it it has fruit, and and that's why I love the 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 imagery of like the fruits of the spirit. The fruits of the spirit isn't something mm-hmm. like oh I want that I want that fruit I want that plum I'm gonna pick that off the tree and take that fruit of the spirit for myself. The fruits of the spirit are just are just evidence, you know. It's just like if you have this in you. If you have love or joy or peace or patience or kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or self-control, those fruits will bear you'll bear fruit of those things, which is just evidence of those things thriving and living. It's evidence that you're going in and 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 weeding and, you know, clipping off the dead branches and, you know, (laughs) it's like and I I Mm -hmm. love that picture because of that. And I think that plays so much into being a good steward. Like if we're being a good steward of of everything we have it's actually it's for our benefit it's not it's mm-hmm. not um hard just for the sake of being hard it's not just something that we feel obligated to do it's actually mm-hmm. for our benefit at the end of the day mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah to play on your plant reference i was at church on sunday and uh <clears throat> my pastor was talking about things in your life that you keep hidden. And I think he referred to them as uh, hangups. But there are things in your life that you kind of keep in the dark. And he Mm -hmm. used this metaphor about a flower that comes into bloom. And much like we were talking about earlier, a flower in bloom is really just, you know, it, it worshiping God, you know, it's worshiping its creator just imagine a flower opening up and and facing the sun it's like it's its fullest expression of what it was created to do mm-hmm. and it's and it's fullest potential the potential's realized of what that flower can be and he talked about how how some of us you know many of us um don't open up and face the sun fully there are parts of our lives that we sort of keep in the dark, and we we turn just a little bit, you know, maybe ten degrees, forty five degrees, ninety degrees, and yeah, we're we're fully open, but there are parts of us that are still in the dark or in the shadows and not fully facing the sun. Mm. That's um, right, and I, you know, to your point about joy, that's exactly what I was thinking of as I finished my last spiel. Was was joy is is really at our fingertips if we are doing what god created us to do and being good stewards of what he's given us and instead of having these these shadows and sort of um you know protecting what we have like it's ours like locking it up like mm-hmm. i can't lose this or i lose myself you know right like this is mine i worked for this yeah then we're really not realizing Excuse me. We're really not realizing the the joy and the fullest potential of that thing. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the Bible talks about um, you know burying uh, what has been given to you, and 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 there are those of us that bury it so that it can never be found and taken and stolen, and it's just ours, right? And then there are others of us who take what we've been given and we and we grow it and mm-hmm. we expand upon it, and we we don't hide it and protect it as if it can't be lost. You know. Which makes us vulnerable, uh-huh. um, but it's it's in that that this idea of generosity comes about, and I think at the root of it, we have to be willing to to look at Jesus on the cross if we're willing to look at anything in Christianity and see all of the symbolism. You know, arms wide open, um, laying yourself down, um, putting other people first. Uh-huh taking that slap across the cheek all because we know that in God we are accepted and we're loved and we don't we don't need to strangle someone else when they when they wrong us when we feel slighted i mean this is something very close to home with all of this covid stuff that's happening and with with all of the division we feel slighted mm-hmm. by other people and we have to make a decision our are we going to strangle other people? We can. And we can wrap our, you know, hands around them and say, "Ah, oh, how dare you." But as my pastor and I were talking about, he said, you know, what will you get from that? You you really have to ask yourself, look at the desire wheel and say, "If I do that, if I do what I feel like doing, what will I get from it?" And then ask yourself, can you get that from God? Can you get that satisfaction, that love, that justice, that affirmation, that grace, that retribution? Can you get that from God? Of course you can. Will you get it from that person if if you if you wring their neck? You know. Yeah. Maybe you'll 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 feel like you get pieces of it, but
1: yeah, that's we all know. At the end of the day, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a fleeting it's a fleeting thing. And, so stewardship has, has a lot, I mean, as we're talking about this, it has a lot of downstream negative effects if if we are not good stewards of what That's right. we're given, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're. it's been pretty evident in this conversation. It's not just a matter of um, talking about this as if, you know, well, God gave me drums, I can either decide not to work at it or I can work at it and I can be in a metal band. It's like, mm-hmm. no, actually, all of us aside, our hobbies aside have things in our lives that if if we mistreat and if we're misaligned in how we handle them downstream there are very destructive outcomes and on the yeah. on the on the opposite side of that same token you know if we're that flower that opens wide open towards the sun and we're saying i'm yours here i am hands wide open <laughs> you know whatever expression that comes to mind when you think of stewarding and and giving back, and thinking about others, and passing it on, I just come back to that Greek proverb, you know, A society grows great, when old men plant trees in whose shade they won't sit, it epitomizes stewardship in my mind, because Mm. you will not experience the fruit of your labor, at least not the full extent of it. When you plant a tree, it takes a long time to grow. Yeah. But you know that, that you not only planted that tree, so that years and years and years and years later, someone's sitting underneath of it enjoying it or, or looking at it and taking pictures of it in the fall or um, even using it for for firewood 30 years from now. But also, you showed someone else how to plant a tree so that they can do mm-hmm. the same for someone else. That's right, yeah. And this this uh,
1: this idea or, or what we've talked about can, I think, easily be discouraging. Um And we don't mean to bring this to the table for that reason. Like this is 100% to inspire you guys. Um, And so I guess some some practical application here. This is what I'm doing right now. This is I'm examining myself. I'm examining my life. I'm examining um, my tendencies and the choices that I make. um, And I'm trying to figure out where can I be better. And this can Mm -hmm. get, this can be really, this can be a really discouraging process. Um, And it it can sometimes lead for you just to be like, this is too hard. Uh, (laughs) And just stop, you know, like I have too much to work on. I can't, I can't handle this. This is, I'm just, I'm done. Um, That's where I've gotten to (laughs) multiple times when I'm examining, (laughs) like, I need to work on this. I need to work on this. But like, what I would encourage you guys to do is just take it one step at a time, like, like everything um, mm-hmm. you don't have to reach for the stars right off the bat you know right. uh, the the idea of of doing something because no one 's watching is not like well god's watching and Big brother always sees everything that's not that's not where that comes from it's to build character and and character can be built as slowly or as quickly as as you want it to be <laughs> it's just about making. Good choices, mm-hmm. taking the right steps. So, right. Um, I hope that this acts as an inspiration and as encouragement for you all, um, as opposed to discouragement, because um, this is this is ultimately what's going to help you be just a better person. You know, it's going to mm-hmm. make your life better. You'll feel more fulfilled because of it, and that's ultimately where we're all where, where we're trying to get with all of these conversations that we have on this podcast. It's like, how can we be better? How can we live a more fulfilled life? How could we experience God, um, in a new way? Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, disconnect your Bluetooth next time you're in the car and take some yeah. time to pray and ask God some questions. And, um, I'm sure you'll be asking those questions and realizing the answers as you ask them. That's at least how it worked yeah. for
0: me. <laughs> to that point, I think it's, it's about, I mean, for me, just, you know, bringing this home, I, it's about, um, being okay with the interruptions. Mm. Like we all have things we want to accomplish in a day and we all we all have an idea of how it should play out. But when when things slow you down or when things don't go according to plan, how will you choose to respond? And I think it it's when we when we slow down and we say, All right, breathe. What is happening right now? I know it's not what I want, I know it's not what I planned for. But it's in that moment we can we we can steward what's what's happening. We can steward what God's given us and building in us. We can steward who God is putting in our life in that moment. Mm-hmm. And this has happened a lot for me on tour. I have I'm warming up, um, someone someone something happens and all of a sudden I'm distracted or um someone wants to talk and it's like, well, I can either focus on the show and warming up for the show or I can just stop and take a break from it and have this conversation or, you know, not be, um, not be so focused on what I think should happen, but on what is actually happening right now. That's right. Yeah. And, and be intentional about like stewarding that, that time and this opportunity that I have, because it matters. And, and I would argue it matters more than what I was doing. The Mm -hmm. show happens. I still have time to warm up. And yet this, this really important thing happened, that I couldn't have created on my own. Those are the things I remember. And so in a practical way in my own life, that's where I'm learning how to steward what God's given me and the position that he's given me in this band. Um, really, doesn't have much to do with drumming. It more so has to do with where I am and who's around me because of my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. Well, yeah, It's been a, um, a really good conversation. I think, I think yeah. stewardship is something that we've alluded to in a lot of different ways throughout this podcast. Mm-hmm. Certainly it's, it's not a new idea overall, but when you, when you start from the place of stewardship, you realize, oh my gosh, there's a lot of other things connected to this <laughs> yeah. one thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's,
1: it's I didn't realize how much, how big of a topic we tried to bite off in, uh, you know, twenty-minute yeah. frame. <laughs> but uh, right, yeah, um, it's a big one, and I'm sure we'll touch on aspects of stewardship uh, in the future. Um, we've obviously touched on aspects of it in the past as well. So, right, um, this was good. This was really good, and um, like I said before, I hope you guys are all encouraged by this. Um, don't don't let it uh, frustrate you. You know, just just take it one step at a time. It's really important.
0: Yeah, encourage, but also um have a have a clearer view of what it might mean in your own life you know yeah. or at least at least be thinking about something that you hadn't previously been thinking about i mean if mm-hmm. we're really trying to improve and live a more meaningful life then that means there there will be conviction and there will be there will be frustrating moments and conversations and uncomfortable you know, mm-hmm. uncomfortable conversations. And I mean, that that's, if our goal is what we say it is, then I think conversations like this are like, all right, this is going to, this is going to hurt a little bit. This is going to sting mm-hmm. a little bit. And I, I would certainly hope that there's some of that. Otherwise we're just sugarcoating something that. That's true. We really shouldn't be, shouldn't be tap dancing around. <laughs> that's That's a really good point. You know, and if you feel like you're successful in this area, then certainly, you know, you must be in the in the clouds right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Share your secrets, please. <laughs> Come on the podcast uh, with us and yeah, yeah, fill right. us in.
1: <laughs> what do you, you do? <laughs> Good job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Well,
1: I guess in, in, wrapping up, um, if you guys liked what you, what you heard today or, or, have any comments or questions, uh, feel free to reach out, um, to, uh, to us, Matt and Tim at the holy or, Really, any of our social media pages, feel free to shoot us a, a note or a message. Um, uh, additionally, if you want to get more involved with with what we're doing here at Holy Ghost Notes, you can check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Holy Ghost Notes. Uh, there's a number of different tier levels. Um, the first one actually starts at just $2, which is, in our minds, a dollar per episode. So if you think our podcast is worth a dollar, uh, per episode, uh, feel free to uh, to support. We don't. Uh, we're trying to stay ad free, um, and uh, thanks to our uh, amazing uh, Patreon supporters and Inner Circle group, uh, we are able to do that, which is incredible. So check that out if you're yeah, interested we have a good also. group.
0: Yeah, amazing group. Got a amazing good group. group. Thank you, Inner Circle. Um, yes, our Inner Circle group is is top notch, and you know continues to have the the community aspect that we tried to initiate and they, they just took it and ran and That's right. they meet weekly. Um, they continue these conversations and they have a lot of fun. I think it's yeah. a really solid family and, you know, community. So if you're interested in something like that, you need support, you want to, um, have somewhere where you can continue having these, these conversations with us, that would be a good place to go. And if you really like this podcast, then you're, you're certainly willing to get on board, uh, in a number of different ways. Like, Tim said, starting from the two dollar tier, all the way up, and there's perks along the way. Let's so right. check out our Patreon and feel free to support.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, I do have a shout out actually for a new supporter. Um, so huge shout out to uh, Paul Patchkos. Um, thank you so much thank for you, your Paul. support. Welcome to the inner circle. Um, looking forward to to getting to know you. And uh, yeah, awesome. So I think that about wraps it up. If you guys are, uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, Make sure you are using that hashtag on Instagram and Facebook if you guys post your drum videos. uh, Hashtag Holy Ghost Notes, and uh, yeah, you know what time it is.
0: You know what time it is. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) Never gets old.